I mean, he deposited a fucking hardware store in my ankle, so, I mean, it should be good. <laughs> what, did, what, did, what did they put in it? A plate and seven screws. Oh, Jesus. I didn't realize it was... I knew they... I thought they put the plate. I didn't realize they put seven screws in with it, though. Yeah, I didn't either. You know, I figured, okay, maybe <laughs> two at the top, two at the bottom. Nope, I saw the x-ray. I'm like, holy shit. So this is No Sides Attached, the political podcast that uh, tackles all sorts of topics, but we attempt to do so without the party goggles. I'm Matthew Devine, here with my co-host Logan Sowers, and our resident everyday guy, Steve Ramey, although you're less every guy, everyday guy, and a little more machine now. <laughs> a little bit. Nice, fancy titanium. Yeah, so you're like the resident $20,000 guy, because, you know, <laughs> hospital bills. <laughs> I haven't seen the one from that. I'm kind of scared for when that one comes in the mail. Oh, God, that's going to be delicious. Anyway, all right, so today on the show we'll be uh, discussing the new favorite whipping boy of Hillary Clinton supporters, which is the Electoral College. Uh, But first, major news stuff. Hashtag she won the election. (laughs) Yeah, she won the popular vote. Oh, good for her. Anyway, um, we'll get into that, but... So news items. Uh, the first couple are coming from uh, Illinois. Um, I am, mm-hmm. am going to flip them because I was going to do them one way. I'm going to do them different way. So uh, the first Illinois governor's debate was on Wednesday. Um, and as I wrote in the notes, it's awesome because it's now debate season. And there's been three already that have been uh, televised. And I like debates. So Yeah, those uh- – those are the midterm thingies. They're coming up in a month, aren't they, right? Yeah, yeah well, a little over, but yeah. Yeah, about a month and yeah. two weeks. November 6th. Yeah, they're getting here pretty quick. Yep. Um, anyway, so to quickly summarize the Illinois governor's debate, basically, anytime a question was asked, this is more or less what they said. So JB would get asked a question, and then he'd say, Ronner, you failed as governor, and you're a liar. Uh, Governor Ronner would get his question and he'd be like, you know, JB is a rich corrupt liar who wants to raise your taxes. Also, Madigan, 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 Madigan. Um, Cash Jackson, the libertarian candidate, would be like, yo, these clowns over here on my right, they suck and they're the problem. And then he'd go into this long-winded, convoluted libertarian explanation that answered the question, but in the most roundabout way possible. And then uh, uh, State Senator McCann, who was running on the conservative ticket would be like runner you're a liar then he'd say something about trump being often awesome and then he'd basically just go and fuck chicago and they did this (laughs) (laughs) they had that little little caveat trump's awesome fuck you chicago yeah he's from uh down way downstate build the wall yeah he's from around chicago (laughs) and that i mean they're not sending their best when they send them down to you know downstate they're sending the rapists they're sending their murderers and then i got projects and then Ronner would follow up on whatever McCann said and like interject and be like <laughs> multiple times he looked over at uh, uh, McCann and he goes, how much is Madigan paying you to run this campaign? <laughs> 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 we, like he's, we all know you're just here to split the ticket. Madigan wants you to split the ticket. How much is he paying you? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It would have been better if he said, how much is Madigan paying you? I'll pay you more. Oh right. I'm I'm kind of 
sure that's something you can't just throw out there. <laughs> I, mean, I don't <laughs> well, know. Why not? That's why I said it would be awesome. I mean, you can accuse somebody of being paid to run or whatever, but I don't think you can openly <laughs> offer somebody money. <laughs> How much is he paying you? I'll double it. Um, and then a second bit of uh, Illinois-specific news that came out over the week. So Representative Jerry Long, he's from the 76th District, which is Stephen I's district, um, he's found himself in a little bit of a scandal um, that really boiled over this week. But so initially, a couple of weeks ago, the House Republican organization, and basically they're just like the big pack um, for Republicans in an Illinois General Assembly. But anyways, they had started an investigation, and then last week they finished it, and they're looking into an allegation that Representative Long may or may not have uh, sexually harassed one of his staff members, former staff members now. Because, of course, she was fired or resigned. I don't remember how it happened. But either way, former staff member. How shitty would that be? You, like, get uh, basically, like, sexually abused and then you end up being fired? Yeah, so the HRO, they found that the allegation is credible. And their recommendation is that Jerry Long needs to resign. Okay, fine. That's kind of the, should be the going thing if you're sexually harassing your staff. And then um, last, and then the week that just happened here... That recommendation was basically picked up and echoed by everyone, including our state senator, Sue Resin. So what ended up happening is that on Wednesday, Jerry Long, through Politico, basically says that he's like – he admits that he touched the the uh, um, former staff member on her neck when she was talking about having a stress headache. And he suggested that she should get a massage, but he was unaware of the inappropriateness of his action – because he's a fucking moron. The last bit was me, not Politico, but they should have put it in there. <laughs> and then he that's still creepy as fuck. Right, and then like, so he's one, that's still harassment. Two, that's just fucking creepy harassment at that point in yeah. time. Like, and then so he says he's not going to resign, and then he he doubles down mm-hmm. and says that he believes that this is just this entire situation is just political payback because he supported Gene Ivey's in the primary. Because, you know, obviously it couldn't be because he touched a female subordinate inappropriately and completely without invitation. Like, that would make no sense why somebody would be looking into sexual harassment. Well, you know, isn't that typical thing? Push focus someplace else? (laughs) He's trying. (laughs) Yeah, he's trying. I mean, it's probably not going to work, but, you know, he's definitely trying it. Oh, wow. I swear I did not touch that woman. I just gently massaged her neck while she had stress right? headaches. Like that's that's basically he's like, no, 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 I did it, but like it wasn't like that. Like that was his defense. I, I did it, but I, you know, I didn't realize it was. It was I had weird her and creepy. best interest in mind while I touched her in a way that it's extremely inappropriate for a boss to ever touch someone who is a subordinate. Yeah, could you like you're sitting there and you're like, man, I've got a headache, and your boss comes over and starts like. I assume when he says that he touched her shoulder, he meant he started like massaging her neck is probably what actually happened. Yep. Like, yeah, that's not creepy or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, not his fault. It's all a political payback for supporting Gene Ivey's in the, uh, in the Illinois primary. Who knows? Maybe his, you know, showing his support was what gave her the headache. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, moving on then. So uh, this week, uh, Gallup, re- they re- released the results of uh, their most recent poll that looks at uh, 
party identification among people. And this poll itself happened on August 1st through the 12th. It just took them a while to go through all the results, but they, they continually like run this poll um, every month or every other month. But anyway, as of now, 28% of Americans consider themselves Republicans. 27% would be card-carrying Democrats. And then 43% are identifying as independents. And if you look back at all the time that Gallup runs this poll, the fluctuation of independence is like plus or minus 7%, just depending on what's happening in the news. But basically, the absolute majority of the population is under the independent label. And yet, we still have a two-party system. Yeah. Because uh, two-party systems uh, fix everything. Well, clearly. Well, they, they, you know, most, as most, or a lot of our government is, you know, old, well, generally older people. I mean, you know, nobody has enough wealth or notoriety and support to run until they get old enough. But it's like, yeah, it's almost like, you know, yeah, let's. More than two is way too complicated. We can't do this. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is every time, because, like, you're basically, you know, my estimation is that if you looked at it, it's because the majority of America is, you know, along that moderate middle ground thing, and both the parties are kind of too too far extreme on either, either side anymore. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's very few parties that are coming into the middle there are very few third parties that'll that'll come into the middle and say that we're the moderates um the only one potentially close would be the libertarians except they always towed out these crazies <laughs> yeah if you want to uh you know put yourself out there as being moderate you should probably not pick you know the face of your your party to, that's nuts <laughs> yeah, or like you no know, the last time in the presidential election with gary johnson when he was running he was his policies are are fairly moderate in terms of like what the rest of the country believes but the only things he's known for is not knowing where Aleppo is and then that weird tongue thing he did in that one interview <laughs> and it's it's any and I don't like it's so annoying because like clearly there's maybe not at the federal level yet but clearly in that state level there is it's just ripe to pick off seats in various state houses throughout the United States if someone halfway intelligent would run as a third party. (laughs) Or not even halfway intelligent, as long as they run a halfway intelligent campaign. Well, yeah, I mean, our last presidential election proved you don't have to be intelligent to win. (laughs) There's that. (laughs) There's that. (laughs) But, like, you know, like, our our district here, our representative district, the 76th, like, uh, we're ripe to get picked off by a third party because we're a fairly conservative district, but it's also super pro-union. It, a moderate can split that difference and in uh, a midterm election probably drum up enough votes to squeak by because there's going to be like you know 20,000 votes that are cast in the entire election this year in our district. Yeah, you would think you'd be able to scrape up enough to at least make a good run at it. So what I'm getting out of this is Matt doesn't like the two-party system. I love it, actually. It's so good. It's the best. And what I'm also getting out of this is, like, majority of people don't like the two-party system. So, like, where's their third party at, yo? (laughs) Trotting out terrible politicians. That's what they're doing. Um, Or terrible candidates, rather. Right. Really bad ones, you mean. All right. um, So then moving on to... 
uh, Brock Long, uh, who is the FEMA administrator. So this week, uh, the Wall Street Journal broke the news that he was being investigated by the um, Inspector General of Homeland Security for his travel use of government vehicles. Uh, Basically, he was using them to travel the six hours between D.C. and his home in South Carolina, which is a no-no because that's not official government business. Um, Though he did say that on Friday he would reimburse the cost. So he's actually handling a scandal fairly well, I guess. But also breaking during the week was that he apparently got into a pretty ridiculous argument with the Secretary of Homeland Security and um, supposedly threatened to resign his post right before, and this would have been right before Hurricane Florence made landfall on the United States and the FEMA director was ready to resign because he was getting yelled at by Homeland Security, the Secretary of Homeland Security. Probably not the greatest timing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you gotta admit though, like, the guy seems like he kind of has heart almost. Like, he's trying. Well, yeah. Right? He's at least paying it. He's going to pay it back. I mean, it's more than um, Scott Pruitt did. I mean, in Trump's administration, they only have the best people. Yeah. So, like, Absolutely. it's not even anything to worry about. Um, And then, so while we're on uh, the FEMA thing, so obviously... Hurricane Florence happened. Um, we're looking at roughly it, the hurricane itself wasn't as big a deal as the flooding that came with it. Um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 32 people were probably killed, though that might will go up and down as we as the areas are able to recover. Um, but it did the flooding did compromise some hazardous waste sites, um, some chemical plants. There were some industrial hog farms that some of their tasty sludge um most likely leaked into the uh in, into the environment and then there was a duke uh, energy plant you know, a coal plant that that sounds fantastic yeah it's uh it's defenses against flooding and, and whatnot were overrun and um for, How the fuck sh- does that happen? for sure coal How ash was flushed into the nearby river how does it, something get like how does something built for flooding get overrun? Because it was one. I mean, it's built for flooding, obviously, but that's true. The that's fl- true. It's not built for hurricane flooding. That makes well, sense. And not even not even hurricane flooding. It's the fact that the the problem with Hurricane Florence is that when it came in, it came in super super slow, and so it just dumped torrential amount of rain. And it anything that, that was you know sense. the things that were prepared for hurricane flooding still weren't prepared for the super long-term so this same very similar situation that happened in texas with hurricane harvey they were just slow they were slow moving storms so what you're saying is trump's statement about this having like being the wettest hurricane ever is pretty accurate because it was pretty wet <laughs> it was it, yeah, okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean right like he, he, he had some valid point there like it was it's, pretty it's wet point. it's a point yeah <laughs> but yeah that's gonna be a the whole situation sucks because the whole thing is gonna be extremely difficult to clean up like in general right because not only yeah. you have to worry about like rebuilding these people's lives but then you have to worry about like the is, environmental yeah. impact yeah. is it safe to rebuild where they're at now yeah like is it feasible to rebuild where they're at <laughs> 
because I'm assuming some of these places where this like coal got swept into the water are going to be like potential like water like, sources for yeah, people well, yeah. in the future. And I mean, it's so and going like you know running downstream in effect. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. Yeah, it'll be something to uh, uh, keep an eye on from the safety of the Midwest. Things like that. Thank God I don't live near the ocean. No, we just have tornadoes and flooding every year anyway. <laughs> and super cold winters. All right. Yeah, when's the last time we had like 30 plus inches of rain? I mean, that's... Well, that's true, but also for, you know, for the places where Hurricane Florence hit, they don't get hit very often. No. Well, it's like last year with Harvey. I mean, how often does Houston get hit with yeah. that kind of crap? Yeah, you it know? doesn't get hit often, and that was a once-in-a-generation type storm that came through. Sounds like it uh, checks out with what we had to happen here. Lots of rain. Huge amounts of wetness. <laughs> like, that was one of the moistest storms you've ever experienced. Ew. <laughs> Just imagine how moist that storm had to have had to have been. Had to have been. I don't know what that to have been. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be so moist. Okay, I'm moving on. Um, so on Tuesday, <laughs> sometimes it's a shame we can't mute Logan from our end. <laughs> Um, so on Tuesday, uh, the Senate passed a short-term spending bill that will keep the government running through December 7th. Um, obviously, they're aiming to avert a government shutdown, and they're, they're also putting off the fight over the border wall funding until after the midterm elections. Um, they tied the bill. They tied the short-term funding bill in with a massive budget package that contained a full year of 2019 funding for the Pentagon, and uh, as well as the... Department of Labor, Education, and Health and Human Services. Um, and then the House is, should be taking it up sometime this week, although the only slight yet slightly major caveat is that there's no indication on whether or not uh, President Trump is going to sign it. So they, he still might shut the government down over the border wall. That's good. <laughs> right? Solid. Solid government. Like, that's uh, a... That's as that wall's going to be. that is some solid politicking right there when your your party's like hey we should probably push this until after the midterms and you're like i want it now yeah right because they don't have enough to deal with going into the midterms i want my wall and i want my wall now yeah not like you know we should probably put some focus on cleaning up after the hurricane and things like that. You know, we don't have anything more important going on. Not at all. Nope. Gotta get that funded, man. Um, Stopping the illegals will stop the hurricane. Hurricanes can't go over walls. Do one hell of a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, So then... It's just science. And then, uh, so also this week, President Trump's other favorite thing continued on. So, um, in response to it, no, no, in in response to the most recent tariffs that put an additional two hundred billion dollars worth that (laughs) that was the most recent tariffs put an additional. It was a oh my gosh, I'm having trouble saying this. There was two hundred billion dollars worth of 
tariffs that were put on China um, a few weeks ago. So they finally retaliated with about $60 billion worth on American goods, including things like meat, alcohol, nuts, chemicals, and machinery. And then on Sunday today, um, Secretary of State Pompeo was doing an interview and he was asked about the trade wars. And though he did preface this next sentence with, if you want to call it a trade war, then okay. But the sentence that he said was, we are determined to win the trade war with China. So if you want to call it a trade war, fine, but we're determined to win it is awesome <laughs> to hear from your secretary of state. <laughs> Could you imagine if like Bush was like, yeah, we invaded Iraq. I mean, I guess you can call it an invasion if you want, <laughs> but like either way, we're going to win the invasion. Like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. So now, unfortunately there's, nobody in the administration that uh is against this policy anymore oh please tell me we're gonna get to the um maddest stuff oh for the op-ed yeah well i mean just in general how like maddest is apparently on his way out because like he's the only thing i'm pretty sure holding us back from just being like you want to know how you win a trade war against china you nuke China. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, we're not going to get to Mattis because he was a uh, a background character this week. It was uh, last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. But this week, uh, Trump did go after uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions again, this time claiming, I have no Attorney General. <laughs> like, I, like, it's like you, you see that headline and you're just like, did he not meet him or like what's going on? Did he forget? <laughs> like, <laughs> Attorney general. What's that? <laughs> well, Wait, the I best part to... is like what I sent you about Colbert when he was like, <laughs> not only do the GOP think that they cannot like actually get someone through, but no one in the party wants the position anymore. Right. <laughs> oh God. No, Jesus. <laughs> and then I thought about, it and I was like, yeah, Taking this position is essentially like saying you just want to be mentally abused for the next fucking like you basically have to be a sadist to want this position well, or yeah. masochist. Because because like, if you if you take it, the next thing he's going to tell you is that you need to fire Rod Rosenstein and then fire Bob Mueller, and nobody's yep. going to want to do that. You're going to be like, mm, I don't want to, and then he's going to go off on you for the next twelve months. I say so. Yep. I say you you're fired. So yeah. No, well, no, he yeah, you're setting yourself up to be fired in a very short moment. No, 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 because he won't fire anybody. He just abuses them until they quit. Yeah, that's true. Well, if you quit yourself, I don't have to give you unemployment, so <laughs> it checks out. Yeah, with this administration, does, uh, yeah, with this does, uh, administration, he still get his pension people... if he quits. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, with this administration, the people that are holding these positions need to like negotiate like football players i want my salary <laughs> guaranteed up front. <laughs> i want guaranteed salary god damn yeah, it. I want guaranteed salary for when you become an idiot and i have to quit <laughs> <laughs> oh man so the penultimate thing that i want to talk about earlier in the week uh care international um it's a uh uh, charity they warned basically the world 
they're just out there screaming this to anybody that'll listen, and for good reason. So they they warned that Yemen probably only has enough food to sustain its population for two to three months if the port of uh, Hodeida is uh, closed. And the reason they're saying that is because there's a lot of concerns that the Saudi Arabian coalition is going to end up closing this port um, because it's held by the rebels who are backed by Iran. And 70% of all the imports into the country come from this, come through this port. And there's already 8 million people who are on the verge of famine in Yemen. And then a second charity followed up after Care International and they released a report. <laughs> and basically, they're worried that if Hodita gets closed, if the port actually gets closed, that there's a actual literal risk of killing an entire generation of people in the country. And it's, so it's relevant one, because like, you don't want that happening anywhere, but it's also relevant because the weapons that Saudi Arabia are using are American. And there is some evidence to suggest that we are operating in Yemen, though not openly. Wow. Something we should probably avoid. Yes, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also, it's also not on a lot of people's radar because it's Yemen. I mean, how does how does like all of the food that feeds your country come in one place? Because it's a tiny country that's not very uh, well off, and uh, you know it's right there underneath Saudi Arabia. So there's not like not the best ground for for growing things. They've also been at, well, it's they've been at a civil war for years. It's just uh, like wow. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on there. That one's tough to. That one sucks. I mean, that's been going on for. I mean, not this specific instance, but there's been like lots of shit going on there for a long time. Oh yeah, like, it's, yeah. It's not, it's not a happy place to be, and I don't foresee it becoming a happy place to be anytime. Which is very unfortunate because I'm pretty sure at one point in time, like it was actually a like. Not a terrible place to be, right? Well, yeah, because it's it's right. The um, the UAE is right there, and the UAE is one of the you know great tourist areas of uh, the Middle East. Yeah. Um, and then so last thing before we jump into the electoral college, anything? Any thoughts on the uh, Kavanaugh confirmation circus? Circus. It's a the. <laughs> Um, this has probably been like I feel like this has been one of the longest confirmation processes. It feels like it's been twelve years. Like yeah, I, I, it feels I, like it is like constantly going on. The GOP is like stuck on him for some reason when they could literally just rescind his nomination and try to put anyone else forward. But for some reason they're stuck on him when they just like get someone through, and it's easily going to go into midterms now. And they were hoping to have this done like I'm pretty sure two weeks ago at least. Yeah, yeah. Because they well, they were they expected to vote on it. I think before the uh, the Ford allegation, they're expected to vote on it um, either this week or or first week in of October or whatever. But she is testifying uh, tomorrow. She did. Uh, I think yesterday she confirmed that she will testify in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee tomorrow. So. Oh God, that's gonna be such a shit show too, uh, though. Like yeah. I feel so bad for her. The questions she gets are going to just be fucking ridiculous yeah because like ultimately do you think you could have had sex with his doppelganger 
Uh, yeah, I can't believe that was a thing. Oh my god. Are you sure it was him who's like tried to touch you inappropriately? Was it just the booze? <laughs> like, oh god. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, like ultimately, like either delay the vote and let an investigation investigation actually happen and announce that you're delaying the vote until an investigation can happen and credibly determine one way or the other or rescind his nomination. Like there's pick one of them because all they're doing, all the GOP are doing right now is just setting themselves up for further failure. Cause like in, there is still a chance that the Democrats take the Senate. Right. And then, who knows? And then what? Yeah, who knows who the Democrats and Trump will push through? Because like, <laughs> I'm willing to bet if like he would he would probably because he just wants to be able to say that he did shit. Like he doesn't actually care. Yeah, he just wants to win. Like having anyone appointed to the Supreme Court for him will be a win. It would be crazy like, though if this is how Merrick Garland gets on the Supreme Court. <laughs> that would be awesome though. I think that would be pretty phenomenal. I mean, it would be. <laughs> yeah, for chaos reasons, I hope that's what happens. Merrick Garland gets on the Garland gets on the Supreme Court because Trump just wants to win, and he can't win with the Republicans. <laughs> Does that make Trump a closet Democrat at that point? <laughs> <laughs> He's that. Uh, he'll become that middle of the road candidate we're all looking for. That third party kind of guy. Yes, um, the bet third party candidate. Obviously. Also, the other thing, too, is like just how hard is it for people and by people, I mean, 90 percent of the people seem to be guys. But like, how hard is it not to be terrible and creepy and assaulty? (laughs) Okay, I don't I I don't understand. So I think there's a I think there is like a so I was actually talking to Nicole about this. Because, like, one, it's insane to think that this is a thing. But I was like, you know, where I went to school, they didn't even really, like, they basically were just, like, abstinence is your only option. Don't do anything. And they never actually went into, like, consenting when drunk is impossible type shit. So, like, when I got to college, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I didn't realize that. So, like, in high school, when you'd hear crazy stories from, like, the guys about the stupid shit they do at parties, you're like, bro. That was like borderline lit, 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 rapey as fuck. You should probably not do that. Now, I don't think you can say that for like a person in fucking government because like they clearly at some point in time should have got some type of training that said, hey, BT dubs, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't massage your fucking subordinate shoulder. <laughs> Looking at you, Jerry Long. Looking at you. All right. But, you know, so I, in some senses, it's unfortunate. I can kind of get it, but it really just speaks to the fact that like hey we should probably check what we're teaching in sex ed and like you know it doesn't excuse the people who have currently done stuff but we can hopefully prevent more of it from happening because for all we know Kavanaugh might be a great guy who did just have one stupid high school party but you know still gotta take responsibility for that bullshit (laughs) well yeah that's a that's a good point too because like that's something he hasn't done like he's just you know, absolutely just a stalwart and saying it's not true. I mean, and that could be because it isn't true or he could be lying. But like, if you were in his shoes and you thought for a second that this, this way of, of the situation could have happened, it, it would have been in your best interest to 
you know, accept responsibility for it and then try yeah. to move on. Um, whether like, you would probably lose your Supreme court ship, but, but now I don't know. even know that it would have necessarily lost it. Like it would have been significantly harder, but I don't really even know that it would have lost it. And yeah. there's definitely like things you can say and work around that would give Republicans the ability to defend you at that point. Like, you know, say, Oh, you know, that was a stupid decision when I was, yeah, I don't remember you know, it that way. School. I yeah. don't remember it. It's unfortunate it happened and it speaks to the fact that not only myself, but, you know, others need to be more conscious of how we're treating women. You know, I will do my best to defend, you know, women going forward, you know, that are in this situation, you know, I'll do my best to infect some type of change that you know, is positive and useful for women in this situation. Anything like that, you don't even have to follow fucking through on it. It's a life appointment. Who the fuck's going to impeach you? Like, just do a bunch of lip service and make it easy for your senators to defend you. And, like, you get through because you control the House or the Senate. So, like, huh? There are, like, countless ways he could have gone about trying to damage control this. And yeah. probably, you know, yeah, it hurts his chances, but it's not a guarantee that he suddenly is going to be on the Supreme Court. Right. The other thing, too, that I just popped back into my head um, – <clears throat> I don't remember on when it was on uh, pod save, but one of them, and it was probably Dan cause he says intelligent stuff. Um, <laughs> that, uh, he's one of the few. Yeah. But Damn it, Dan and Tommy, <laughs> but, uh, what he said was that, you know, maybe it was love it. I don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, whoever said it, they were like, love it said something intelligent. Yeah. It might've been him. Um, but they were like, what? yeah, he was like, you know, this has me thinking back to earlier when McConnell, you know, it came out that Senator McConnell didn't want Kavanaugh as the nominee because he's got a long paper trail. And he's like, and that didn't make sense at the time because, you know, it was coming from Senator McConnell. And uh, when has he ever given a fuck about anything? Like he's one of the most most ruthless senators we've ever had. Like he can get things through if it's a paper trail. Like that's not a big deal. And then it, his thing was like, it kind of makes you wonder what actually is known in the Senate on in terms of Kavanaugh and then why and then I'm going to extrapolate and say that like that leads a little that thinking through it that way it's like well now the the oddness of the defense that they're doing for him and that he is kind of makes sense it makes more sense for that than it does for other other things unless it's just an outright unless it's just like outright not true but eh, that one's kind of hard to believe because that's rare i mean it happens but it's like why would she be coming out now like who's who's gonna hold like it doesn't anyway (laughs) yeah yeah it makes a little bit more sense okay so yeah has done himself absolutely no favor in this whole situation yeah yeah absolutely so there's that. Alrighty, moving on to the uh, the electoral college. Yeah, that was a long uh, weekly roundup. There's quite a bit going on. Yeah, it was actually it was. I even did less than less topics than we normally talk about because I'm trying to keep it like under ten. Um, but some of the things. Were just, <laughs> There's no way that was under ten. It was. It was. That was. It was eight. No, it was eight topics. I'm trying to keep it under ten. To, ten or less topics. Oh, so it was, it was I thought eight you meant like ten minutes. I no, like, no, there's no, no way that was. 10 no, minutes. no, no. So it was. Like, it was only. Yeah, it was only eight topics. They were. There was just some of them that we 
spent a lot of time on, which is totally fine. There's a lot going on in the world, especially with uh, election season. Uh, yeah. Good old debate season. Okay. Although it doesn't sound like there was a lot of debating going on in the ones you pointed out. Well, um, the Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke debate was really good. And there was actually a, a, it was a, it was a good debate on like, there was some substance there. Um, and then there was another one too that just happened. That one I didn't watch, but so I mean, there's yeah, the Illinois debate wasn't very good, but it was very snarky. Are you really surprised that the Illinois debate sucked? <laughs> no, though I will say, uh, in my opinion, Governor Rauner was super well prepared and very polished, even though what he was saying <laughs> was not always good. Bonkers. Yeah, but. It was bonkers, but he was consistently on message and wasn't rattled. You know, it was, it was, he was very well prepared, I think. Anyway, electoral college stuff. Saying you're a Governor Rauner supporter now, I see. <laughs> no, absolutely. Shake him off the pod. <laughs> uh, it's better than, hey, you know what? You stick with JB if that's what you want. Oh, God, no. Are you fucking kidding me? Get out. I'm riding in fucking Mickey Mouse. I will probably I'm I'm definitely leaning towards the towards uh Cash Jackson Jackson and the libertarian stuff. Um the Yeah, it's your cup of tea. Yeah, well and the uh the only thing I was really worried about was the child support allegations, but he's he's been very upfront and open about what's going on with there, so I think it's how dare he not pay child support? Yeah, it turns out he did, and then it got sent to the wrong ex. That's what. Yeah, he 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 paid he paid to whatever agency he had to, and then they sent it to the wrong ex, and then that. How many babies this guy got? How many baby mamas this guy got? Well, he's got. I guess it's he's got two. Paying uh, child two, support two former ones. He was only paying child support for one. Um, oh. but they sent it to the wrong one. And then that jump started this whole crazy thing with the courts because then he was found, you know, to not be paying child support when he tried. But anyway, okay. Electoral college. For the, actually kind of yeah. <clears throat> and also, like I said, he's been very open about it and not, he hasn't shut hey, away from the it. Next topic or no? Yeah. Okay. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, you've been trying to introduce it, and you just kept going. So I wasn't sure if yeah. you really ever. Like, All right, third time's a charm. Okay, so the electoral college should be something that's familiar to everyone, um, especially that anybody that listens to a political podcast. Because why would you not know what the electoral podcast? Electoral podcast. That's actually not a bad name. Now that I fucked that up. The uh, the, electoral- the midterm election specials. Yeah. Come out with a uh, second podcast. We can do it on Wednesdays. No. <laughs> Yeah, Wednesdays would work. Do it on Wednesdays. Do a overview of all the elections and all the stupid shit people say during the uh, debates. Oh, uh, that would actually be good, but that's a lot of time to commit. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay. there's no way I could do that. Yeah, right. Okay, so <laughs> let's try that again. So the Electoral College should be something familiar to everyone, um, especially anyone that listens to a political podcast or is, you know, likes politics and is informed. Plus, uh, the institution has been back and been talked about by pundits, activists, and politicians um, because of this renewed fervor to abolish it. So we will get into the for and against arguments um, regarding the Electoral College, but first, like every 
topic we do, we do need some sort of base knowledge to build off of. So simply put, the United States Electoral College is a body of electors established by the United States Constitution, and it's brought together every four years for the sole purpose of electing the president and vice president of the United States. Um, this is done through Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, uh, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 3, and then Article 2, Section 1, Clause 4, all deal directly with the Electoral College and its founding and the creation of it and how it works. Now, there is a little more we have to go off of than just that, because in the Federalist uh, Papers, we call it the Federalist Papers, it's actually just the Federalist, but anyway, it's in those essays written by John Jay, Alexander Hamilton, and James Madison, um, it showed their their thought process in terms of the original plan of the Doctoral College. So the things that come from the Federalist Papers that we can discern about the Electoral College is that, one, they definitely wanted... Originally, they wanted individual electors to be elected by citizens on a district-by-district basis. Um, They wanted each presidential elector would then be able to exercise their own independent judgment when voting. Uh, Candidates would not be paired together on the same ticket um, with assumed placements toward each office of president and vice president. And the key here is that they believe that the system as it was designed would rarely produce an actual presidential winner and thus would send the election to Congress. <laughs> what? Yes, the founders did not, I'll get into this a little bit, but the founders did not trust the masses to make decisions. Um, they believed they believed they should oh, be informed enough. Not. They should be informed enough to elect the House of Representatives, um, but then those people were then, you know, sent to D.C. to, uh, you know, use their value judgment in terms of doing stuff. Um, <clears throat> so... Initially, everything. So they thought that, basically, they thought this system would not make a winner from the like the presidential election. Yeah, that's kind of what the way actually, that they were looking at it. Before adding a shit ton of states, like that actually probably would have worked out and makes, rather well. Yeah. So that's not surprising. I yeah. never. God, that's some shady <clears throat> shit. Fuck the founders. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so initially, everything. What an elitist. <laughs> Initially, everything was all fine and dandy until the election of 1796 when John Adams won the presidency and Thomas Jefferson finished second and which made him the vice president on the, um, which made him the vice president. Of course, the problem there was that they were come from, they came from competing parties. Adams was a federalist and Jefferson a democratic Republican. So basically what this means is that at the, at that particular time, the president favored a strong centralized government and his vp was a decentralized states rights kind of guy not a good administration does that make or maybe it made the best administration (laughs) fair you know what Uh, i bet some historians have looked into that maybe they just got a shit ton done because they were forced to like have to like compromise all of the fucking time i'm sure that's not how it turned out But, but you know yeah um, so things then got even worse in the subsequent election of 1800. So that year, the Democratic Republicans again nominated Thomas Jefferson for president. And they nominated TJ for president and then Aaron Burr for vice president. They already started going away from the system of the, where they would pair people on the same ticket and then they'd get voted, you know, one as president, one as vice president, even though the system was designed to not have that happen. 
So anyway, what happened there was that each guy got 30 or got 73 electoral votes. And since there was no actual distinction between offices and when you, when you cast your vote, that meant that the presidency was sent to the House of Representatives. They had to vote 36 separate times on who would become president because the Federalists, John Adams' party, they were taking the opportunity to try to embarrass the Democratic Republicans. So they kept voting for the for Aaron Burr instead of Thomas Jefferson because the Democrats didn't actually want Aaron Burr as president. So even back in 1800, they were still super petty in politics. Then on the 36th ballot, uh, Alexander Hamilton did some good politicking um, to eventually get Thomas Jefferson elected. And he did this because he, even though he hated Thomas Jefferson's policies, he didn't believe that Aaron Burr had the moral character um, to be president. So basically what I've gathered from that is that Alexander Hamilton would have voted third party in 2016. Boom. Trump joke. All of that led to the... 12th Amendment, which was proposed on December 9th, 1803, and then ratified in June of 1804, and that revised the original plan so that starting with the 1804 election, electors would cast separate ballots for president and vice president, um, where and then both must receive a majority of the ballots. Um, in the event of a tie, the House of Representatives would vote for the president, and the Senate would vote for the VP. Okay, so that's kind of the history. So where are we now exactly? <clears throat> so even though... Talking about how the fucking founders didn't want the people to have a voice them goddamn pricks okay so even though the national popular vote is calculated by state officials uh the federal election commission and then also media organizations um use that to quote unquote call the election the populace still only votes indirectly to elect the president so the vice president and the president are still elected by the Electoral College, which currently consists of 538 electors from the 50 states and Washington, D.C. So the current electors are selected on a state-by-state basis, and it's determined by the laws of each state. Most of them appoint their electors on a winner-take-all basis based on the popular state vote on election day. Um, Illinois does this. That's why when Illinois goes blue for the Democrat, then they get all what are we at now? 18 of our electoral votes. Um, Maine and Nebraska are the only two current exceptions as both states use congressional district method where the state winner receives two electors and then the winner of each congressional district receives one elector because it's Maine and Nebraska and there's not a lot of people, so they don't have a lot of uh, congressional districts. Yeah. So what this means... That would be a pain in the ass to do somewhere like... I don't know, Illinois. Or like California or, yeah, a more populous oh state. Oh, my would, God, California would be even worse. Yeah. Illinois has like over 100, don't we, districts? Um, no. In U.S., for U.S. congressional districts? No. That's only state where we have like 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have probably about however it's, many. It's however many. House of Reps we have, yeah, right? Correct. I don't remember off the top of my head how many that is. No, because it, it varies. Somewhere in the teens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what this means is that although ballots list the names of the president and the vice president candidates, you know, who are running on that same ticket, when you vote for them, you're actually choosing electors to vote for the president and vice president. And then the presidential electors then cast their electoral votes for those two offices. Now, usually electors will pledge to vote for their party's nominee, but 
Some faithless electors have voted for other candidates or refrained from voting over the years. There have been 157 instances of this, um, though they have actually yet to impact the results of an election. But seven, more interesting, seven of those 157 incidents all occurred in 2017. Um, Hillary Clinton lost five of her pledged electors, while Donald Trump lost two. And then three, so three of the faithless electors voted for Colin Powell, while John Kasich, Ron Paul, Bernie Sanders, and Faith Spotted Eagle each received one vote. What? What was that again? Faith Spotted Eagle? Mm-hmm. That's good. So, yeah, so it's an important, you know, the thing to remember then is that when you vote for the president and vice president of the United States, what you're actually voting for is an elector to cast a ballot for that party. So you're voting for that party's electors. So then we can jump into the, some of the importance of it. So... Why exactly was it important back in 1787, despite the fact that the founders didn't really trust the populace? Basically, it was a compromise during a few weeks in uh, Philly, circa 1787, where there were a shit ton of other compromises um, to get the Constitution passed, but more or less the reasonings that we have to go off of. Um, One comes from Federalist 68, and uh, Hamilton in this essay argued that it was important for people to be directly involved in the election of the president, but he, this is going back to where he doesn't really trust the populace, he realized that people lived busy lives, and given the vastness of the country, they may not be able to pay attention to politics, you know, every day, which basically is where we are now. (laughs) Um, And then I even wrote in our notes, additionally, the founders generally thought that the common people were fucking idiots and tried to give them power without actually giving them powder. Power. This is... Tried to give them powder. What kind of powder are they giving them? (laughs) power i meant power they believe they were fucking idiots and didn't actually want to give them this is why we have a constitutional republic and not a direct democracy Uh, additionally the convention wanted wanted to and recognized the need to balance the power of states in electing the president and then the last reason sadly is slavery um james madison said that the right of suffrage was much more diffusive in the northern than the southern states and the latter could have no influence in the election on the score of Negroes. This is ultimately what led to the three-fifths compromised. The northern states were afraid of the population of the southern states. Well, the black population of the southern states. Hmm. Yeah, so then the three-fifths compromise happened, which, you know, and, and back in the day, a black person counted as three-fifths of a person. And then so when they were tallying up, tallying up the population of the state to determine how many representatives you get and how many presidential electors you get slavery was less of a deep, big of a deal unfortunately the founders are kind of douchebags did the southern states want slaves to be counted as a full person or yes. as no yes. person they wanted slaves to be counted as a full person because there were so many of them so the what North- you'd be saying is yeah, that was- the southern states were ahead of their time N- no they no. wanted them to be counted as a full person so they could go hey you're all going to vote the way I want you to vote, and we can push the election the way we want it to. Well, no, because the, the – <laughs> I mean – No, because – well, yeah, Steve, but also no, because they wouldn't – a black person wouldn't vote. They were still – Yeah, a black person. They were still property. No. But, if, yeah. but if, if South Carolina had you know, 2 million people instead of 100,000 people because of the slave population, they would get more electors and more representation. More power. And, yeah, in the House of Representatives. 
the northern states didn't want that. Understandably so, them douchebags. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they 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 obviously didn't get to vote, but, you know, their property, but, you know, as a population, essentially, that's X number of votes for whoever. Yeah. Yeah. That's. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The way you're saying it is, yes, it makes sense. Um, and then, so what is important about the Electoral College today? Basically, it just helps balance state power in electing the president. Because ultimately, so what you're trying to tell me is you don't think a few of the states should have all of the power. Yeah, that's generally the <laughs> that's, idea. Yeah, generally, generally <laughs> what I'm saying, the importance of it today is. Um, so then, some. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll run through the. In connection with that, then I'll run through the, the good things about using it. Um, so it prevents an urban-centric victory, meaning that, you know, people still care about Iowa and don't only have to go to New York City and L.A. Um, people have argued that it helps maintain the federal character of the nation. Uh, small f federalism rather than big f. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Such a nerd. <laughs> um, it helps. It helps enhance the status of minority groups uh, because they are able to uh, more easily vote as a. Basically, they're more easily able to vote as a block um, and can, and concentrate their power versus being in a popular vote. They're going to be spread out. The minority groups are going to be their power is going to be spread out. Um, How the fuck, wait, wait, say that again? How the fuck are they concentrating their power? So it makes... Because they're still defined, like, they're still limited by, like, where they live, right? So I don't... Yes. Are they, like, trying to get a bunch of, like, move-to-my-state type drives going or something? <laughs> I'm confused by... <laughs> it, um... We should move all the black people to Nebraska, because then we will have all of the power in Nebraska. Like, I'm assuming that's not where you were going with No, the, the argument is that it makes the, uh, makes the minority vote more important in the election force. You know, this one is going to be is Wouldn't it the, actually— this, this good thing is, is waning as, it be, as we become a majority-minority country. Um, but in the lead up to that, it made the minority groups more powerful um, in the given state because rather if you had just a strict popular vote for a very long time, only the white vote would count versus in various. That's fair. Right. Yeah, I said that incorrectly to begin that, with. That part makes more sense. Yeah, versus in, in now in some states and even back just then. Just because of the fact state, that right. white people made up Generally. the majority of the population they yeah. have yeah but yeah so th- this good thing is going to wane as we become a majority minority country <laughs> that's hard to say it sounds like majority minority yeah majority minority um <clears throat> okay so then it also helps encourage the stability uh helps encourage stability through the two-party system which uh, you could argue that's a bad thing hmm uh, You're saying you don't like the two-party system. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't think it's great. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, you might not even think it's serviceable, really. Yeah, that's... 
you could say that. <laughs> it, uh, so another good thing for the Electoral College, it, and I didn't even think about this, but it adds some flexibility if a presidential candidate dies. Um, so the reason there's some flexibility here, and it would depend on when the president dies and then what would happen if we, how the law would be written if there was a just strict popular vote. So currently the populist votes on the second Tuesday in November, the electors don't vote until a few weeks later. So if a presidential candidate were to win the popular vote and then die between the national election and when the electors vote, you can, the electors can, can vote for somebody else. If you were, if there was no elector or electoral college and a presidential candidate wins, wins and then dies before he takes office, we don't know what happened. It would depend on how the law is written, but one would assume that you that would not be written into the law because you probably wouldn't think about it until it actually happened. Yeah, that that's a rather specific. Case, yeah, that, that's a, that's a very 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 small tiny little thing. Like, <laughs> um, that's so I mean, specific. Hey, maybe the guy won. You know, watching the election unfold, <laughs> just had a heart ballots attack. come in, and holy crap, I won. Dies of a heart attack. You never know. Yeah, very <laughs> very specific. Sounds and, like what uh, happened to Donald Trump on election night. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the last one's also very specific, but it helps to isolate election problems. So if there's a problem of, you know, say hacking or whatever in California, well, we can just deal with the, the 40 or 50 electoral votes rather than the 30 odd million popular votes. Yeah. I wonder who would hack our election. I have no idea. No one would do that. <laughs> no, no one Dang. would ever do that. Um, Our election systems have got to be hack-proof, you would think, right? Yes, except for that, you know, eleven-year-old that we talked about a couple pods ago. There's a whole, a whole group of them. Oh yeah, able you're to right. Do it. You're yeah, right. yeah, it wasn't just <laughs> yes, one like super smart eleven-year-old. You're right. It was a group of eleven-year-old. That eleven-year-old just did it super quickly, but yes, you're absolutely right. It might be like it would probably be easier to like digest if this was like just one you like know, savant. Yeah, like the next Einstein or something, only like computerized Einstein. Like then we might be able to digest it, but no, it was multiple eleven-year-olds that hacked it. And we didn't even we didn't even talk about, or nor has anybody thought about the ability of future AI to hack elections. So there's <laughs> robots deciding who's president. Yeah. Oh, you know what would be cool with robots deciding who's our president? The founding fathers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, <I> <laughs> all right. So then, <laughs> so then we'll move in. All right. So then the problems with the electoral college. Uh, so number one, the popular vote doesn't truly determine the presidency. So it it's there's a dilution of the citizens' voting power. Um, we've also had the focus on swing states that has occurred. You know, why do we suddenly care about New Hampshire, Iowa, Ohio, and Florida every four years? That You could argue that may not happen with a popular vote. Yeah, I mean, it's still probably going to happen. It's just going to be different states. Yes. Yeah. Like, if, if, let's you go not to, be fucking. if you go to a straight popular vote, the large concentration areas, you know, if Chicago, New York, and a few other major cities all 
boat one way that's weighing heavy on one side. Yeah, that's the uh, yeah. that's well, effectively yeah, instead the of instead of yeah. you know we just need to focus on these states to scale. <laughs> disincentivize like it. It basically it disincentivizes visiting those smaller states, but it also almost like does a disservice to the citizens that live in those small states. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Your vote don't count. Congratulations. Thanks yeah, for living you know, here. Those of you from this little state that doesn't carry much weight, you know, we really don't care about you. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you look at the people, generally speaking, that are, you know, in favor of abolishing the electoral college, they typically live in major cities and on the coast. It's coasts. Yeah. Um, anyway, other problems with the electoral college. Uh, people have suggested that it discourages turnout and participation because you you know and i've heard this a shit ton of times too it's the we don't actually elect the president so why should i vote that kind of thing um the yeah people have argued that the electoral college can obscure disenfranchisement within the states um and the way some states have been going at at uh voting laws um as of late you that there's there's an argument to make there um, it, U.S. territories um, lack lack franchise, so you know the people in D.C. are screwed. Puerto Rico can't vote for the president. Um, Guam, yada yada yada, because they're not states, so they don't get electors. Yeah, you're a U.S. citizen, but we don't care. <laughs> um, and there's the disadvantage for third parties. Because um, the system is now is very much entrenched with the two party system, so it, there is a disadvantage there to third parties. Um, and then the final one, which is kind of the reverse of what we're going to talk about with a, a straight up popular vote, but there is an advantage based on state population, but it's the opposite. So that, for instance, people in Wyoming have disproportionate power in electing the president than someone in Illinois, because there's fewer people. Uh, fewer people, fewer, blah, 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 fewer people. Um, so the argument is that because there's fewer people, they have more power in determining the elector than uh, someone in Illinois. Um, when you look at the states that run the uh, all or nothing vote, though that one I don't like. I think that one's fairly arguable against. Since and the argument against that particular argument is that the the uh, um, you know they're they're based up based upon the same amount of representation. Um, you know, so the, 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 the same amount of population goes into each elector. It just happens that we have more people, so we get more electors. So yeah, it's, yeah, we're, well, I mean, even if you went like popular election, like the only way I could see being able to get rid of it would be popular election in each state, but still, you know, almost, like eliminate the electors from the electoral college. If the state total it up and Democrats win this state, then doesn't, you know, we don't have them people that can potentially do other things. Uh, the, yeah. The, the faithless electors. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, <laughs> so Ooh, apparently 127 of them over, you know, over the years are not quite so faithful. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I think you would have to like seven of them last year, which is crazy. But yeah, so I, we're already into the based upon all the awesome information that I just gave you guys. You know, what do we do about the electoral co- uh, electoral college? I think like the only good way to go about it would be 
like every state votes, you keep the set number of quote unquote delegates for that state. They're not actual voters, but they're like, you call it a point system or some shit basically. Right. Or like, yeah. All right. You have California, you have 52 house of rep members. You have 52 points basically. And then whatever percent of individuals in that state vote for someone, they get that many points. Oh, so you're thinking like divvy it based on the popular, on the, uh, popular vote so like if so like when when clinton wins 50 percent of the vote in illinois she gets half of our point half of our points yeah yeah rather than and then then when you know california when clinton wins 75 percent, she doesn't get them all but she gets 75 percent of them okay well what do you about what do you do that i guess you just do the same thing so then wyoming would you end up with like so like somebody gets 0.75 and then yeah, you gets point two five. Well, I'm just saying because, like, yeah. you know, for the states that have, you know, like, yeah, have one. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. You just do like points. You can just do point system for it. Like, if it's a point system, you can just do like decimals. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. You yeah. have seventy five point nine one percent of the vote. What's that? You know, and you have one delegate there. You have seventy nine point nine percent. Like point seven nine one vote or whatever. It's weird, but it, and it would take a little getting used to it. But I mean, it basically then makes you literally get what you win. So everyone's vote is counting at that point because you will shift that individual's chance of winning by 0.01% in your state. Yeah. So you're what you're saying is, you know, if you, if you win California by 1%, you know, you're, say, everybody, every, you know, full two party, you know, everybody votes one way or the other. If you win by 51% to 49 you're still in a dead neck race. You know, there's no, well, I won by 1%, so I take them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, also, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't it have definitely to be makes things parties. more, more it competitive. Works for three parties. It works, works for all of the parties. Because then you can, because yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm assuming then that you're saying that whoever wins is just whoever gets the most points at the end of it, rather than like, which I mean, you have is, to get is, X amount. yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, yeah, that's, that's where we're at now, but yeah. But I it, does, it does. See how it pans out. But, yeah, it, it but it does make it like you're saying it does make it more more responsive. Makes the system more responsive to both population and also to more parties. Cuz then it Yeah. Well, know, what it does is it's almost like a happy marriage where like you can't just at that point you still can't only campaign in large cities. Yes. Actually more though, you probably can't only campaign in large cities. Like cuz you know, you think right now Democrats, they don't need a campaign in California or anywhere in California besides LA. But yeah, LA you know, and San Francisco. System, yeah, you switch to that point system. Well, damn. Suddenly, instead of winning your 50 something you know, electoral votes, you're only getting 30 something. Like, that doesn't look so easy anymore now, does it? Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's like, also maybe it, you especially. Go to other places. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's even like, Illinois and, and New York are probably even better examples yeah yeah because you can't rely on just new york and chicago yeah yeah i was gonna say the other one other way you could take it would be you know we have a certain number of representatives from each state well you know they oversee a district half vote the way your district did you get their votes you know split up the state you don't have to win the whole damn thing but i would say that I don't know if that would make things more complicated or not. It wouldn't make things more complicated. At that point in time, you just further dilute the vote of the urban population, which is just no urbanite's going to support that. Is it the problem? Yeah. Yeah. That well, also, yeah, 
<laughs> either one of ours are probably not going to get great support, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> that also, uh, um, yeah. That Steve also that example would harm lower population states because yeah. it would you know it would inflate our three votes because our votes count you know a little more because we'd only be looking at you know the hundred thousand people of our of our area versus you know south dakota yeah. that's got a hundred thousand people yeah i mean it fixes the thing of you know the whole state has to vote the way chicago does you know most of the time but smaller states then are they have potentially be very split yeah it's yeah but but look, I like Logan's idea. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going to begin with. And then he's, as he was talking, I was <laughs> thinking, well, how do you, I mean, is there anything else we could do for it? And I'm like, that just yeah. you know, it doesn't quite sound that good. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you are both not in favor of a, a straight popular, popular vote. No, thank no. you. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, thanks. It sounds cute, but no thanks. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like that idea where, like, you know, someone's like, ah, you should bang this stripper without a condom. And you're like, oh, like, I'm drunk enough. That sounds, wait a minute. No, that sounds like a horrid idea. Wow, that like, took a turn. I was going to say, I don't know how we got from elections to <laughs> this, but. Oh, man. Like, it almost sounds good. Like, it's tempting. Like, it would be a fun time. It would probably be cool, right? Like, jamming a popular vote only. And then you think about all the risks involved with it, and you're like, hmm, I don't think that's such a good idea now that I actually, you know, like, have sat down and sobered up and thought about it. I think you would run into the same thing, you know, even if we did it for a while. The straight popular vote. You would get the same thing as you do with people now determining their vote doesn't count because if we did a few elections this way and large areas, high concentrations of people like up the coast in the cities and things seem to always be swinging it one direction, you know, because obviously they're still going to put up a map like, well, you know, this area all voted this way and this area all voted this way. You'd get the people caught in the middle, like us in the middle of nowhere, be like, hmm, wow. It's like there are not enough of us to outweigh that. <laughs> you would also like super dilute the the vote. Like it would be so diluted. Yeah. You would I mean, it would give third parties and stuff a much better chance. But Well no, it would give them less yeah, of a you'd, chance, I think. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know. If it's just a straight I mean, popular vote. I mean they'd have to Yeah. They'd have to pull out some crazy shit. They will. They would potentially impact more elections than they have, but probably still not standing great chance. Right. Yeah, because you look at like you know, uh, what was it? Ninety four when uh, Ralph Nader had a big impact on the election because he got like ten percent of the vote. If it was a straight popular vote and a third party gets ten percent of the vote, that's you know, that's, yeah, that's a huge, major, major impact on the on the overall scale of everything. Yeah. It's a major impact with no real good side. Yeah. It's like, he's, yeah, he's hey, clearly great. not winning. We, yeah, he's clearly not winning. Well, we, but, we managed to grab 10%, but, you know, the other 90% kind of, yeah, didn't help sending. 
So basically what we're saying is the people on the coast can go shove it. <laughs> the, the coastal elites can shove it. <sighs> Ralph Nader. Oh my God. <laughs> um, Are they even really that elite though? Like, well, no, because they can't win. Well, a, how much money they pay for that shit? Yeah, I mean, they they also did lose an election to Donald Trump, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. I don't consider that elite. I consider that kind of sad. <laughs> also, just the fact that like it happens like at least three times a month, where some pundit or podcaster or writer. Oh, you're referring to Pod Save America, huh? Them, but also like pundits on MSNBC and CNN and Bill Maher and a bunch of writers just all the time when they're talking about Donald Trump, they're like, well, he lost the public vote. Well, okay, congratulations. Like, that's not how you win the presidency. <laughs> like, maybe have a better candidate next time. Yeah. Popular vote's all you need, man. It's been proven. Well, okay, and there, the argument that I hate in is is the pot safe has done it many a time, but it's it's based off the the we should move to popular vote for with the presidency, and then the the next step is well the reason we should do that is because we use a popular vote for every other election. Well, yeah, but those are all very limited numbers of people. Except, I mean, you know, the Senate is obviously a, a depending on your population, your state is is bigger and broader, but it's still you know at most 15, 20 million people versus. 150 million people like the, yeah. the, just because we do it for for fewer amount of people doesn't mean that it directly makes sense for the entirety of the country i'm a little angry about this i just i don't like this argument <laughs> I, I do think that the electoral college probably needs some revamping um yeah but i don't the popular vote is not the answer yeah i don't see no problem with it fuck it keep on keeping on Electoral college, people do whatever you do. Well, I, okay, there is also that because it, it's it been uh, this election, um, uh, bah, 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 uh, 2000 with uh, uh, Gore Bush, and then uh, one other one, I can't think of who it is. Of re- anyway, of recent memory where the, the winner of the presidential election didn't have the, the popular vote. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. No, I th- I think overall it's happened like four or five times. Um, but just it just so happens that like uh, two or three of them have been fairly in recent memory. So then people get all pissy, and it continually happens to Democrats. At least in the last few times, it's happened to Democrats, and then they're all like me 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 me. Although if you flipped it, the Republicans. Based off demographics, it's going to continuously not continuously, but it's very unlikely it ever happens to Republicans. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like Democrats are bitching about it. Like, okay, well, stop self-sorting into the cities. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's I mean, that's why if you want to live in a city, good for you. But like, it's happening because we self-sort ourselves. Anyway, oh my gosh, no popular vote. <laughs> that's the that's the 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 hill I'm going to die on is no popular vote. <laughs> Because the people are dumb. <laughs> if you, that's what Alexander Hamilton said, and Madison, and John Jay, and all of them. All I mean, you also have to consider at the time, you know, 50s. you couldn't just turn on the TV and find out what was, what was happening in politics. You still I mean, can't. I do, I do get, well, <laughs> that's such a good point. Yeah. 
you have to you have to sift through the bullshit <laughs> to find out what's actually going on. But I mean, you can't just turn on the news and hey, what's going on in the world today? Reddit gives you better information than the TV does. Like, yeah, I mean, at that time, unless they visited your town, you may not even know who half them guys are. <laughs> I mean, no, actually, I would argue that back in the day, the biggest issue was probably just how busy people were and how long it took to travel and stuff. Because they probably actually got a better idea about who the people were because, like, they actually went and talked to them in person. Well, the campaigns were a whole lot different then. I yeah. mean, you know, people. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. But, you know, it's easy to give the right answers when you can rehearse it 20 times and you prepare for all questions. Whereas, like, you know, I'm sure back in the day, plenty of people got thrown on the spot more often than they do now. Oh, probably. But, yeah, I so mean, it probably was actually easier to get a better idea of if the candidate was actually going to be a good one for you or not back then. Well, and newspapers and almanacs and stuff, like, there was still, like, yeah. written word. It's not like they were just flying blind. And you yeah. probably weren't shoved two candidate choices down your fucking throat. Yeah. And generally speaking, you you can tend to trust uh, newspapers a little more than TV because it takes a little, at least, well, it's definitely back then, it took a little longer to figure out what the fuck's going on. That's true. Couldn't just jump to conclusions. We are solid at doing that now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Alrighty. Any, uh, any last minute thoughts? Actually, we can cut that out. Let's do the. Let's do a take. We're three not. Here. We're not doing take three. You know, we're not doing take three. We are. <laughs> we're done. This is the outro. <laughs> yeah, because the longer we give you to think, the worse it's going to get. Yes. So you know what? Just uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Okay.